Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you did come. You are Emmanuel, God with us, and we glorify your great name. You are King of kings and Lord of lords, and you could have remained on the throne in glory, receiving the praise of the angels and the saints from before. But you've chosen to come. You came for us. We thank you for that. We thank you for the love that you have for us, oh God, that you would send Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that the love that you have for us, that you'd come. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for stirring our hearts, and causing us to recognize that he came for us. We thank you. May we receive our King today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So good to see you here. The Christmas song, Silent Night. You ever think about that? Silent Night. I think it could have been that Silent Night started when Mary realized Joseph did not make reservations. <laughs> it's got a little cold. <laughs> Sitting up on that donkey. <laughs> Today we're talking about preparation and how we need to be prepared and uh, I love the song, Joy to the World. Joy to the World. Let every heart prepare. Amen. Let every heart prepare. We, uh, last week, we, we looked at a little bit about John the Baptist. We looked more at his dad and uh, his prophecy. Zechariah prophesied about the coming of the Messiah and how John the Baptist would be one who would prepare the way for the Lord. But if you'll turn with me to the book of Malachi. In Malachi chapter 3, we have the prophecy regarding John the Baptist who would come. So Malachi chapter 3, uh, 400 years before he actually did come, uh, the prophet Malachi spoke of the, the coming of John the Baptist. Now I know today there will be a lot about John the Baptist. He's not who we're preaching about, but it, we can draw a lot from his life and from understanding about him. Malachi three one says, Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare. Everybody say prepare. We're going to say that a lot today. The more we say it, maybe the more it'll sink in that preparation truly is key and that God shows up in prepared places. Think about that. He shows up in prepared places. I mean, just as we think through our time with, with the Lord and, and just with the last encounter that, that, that just so stands out in which Jesus told His disciples, go back to Jerusalem, until the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And they went, and how did they, how did they go? They went praying, and they were preparing their hearts for the Holy Spirit. And God shows up in prepared places. And because they had prepared themselves, He showed up in a big way. Amen? John the Baptist, your role is to, and this is 400 years before he was born, he has his job description. Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. And then his dad, Zacharias, as John is born, the day John is born, he prophesies. And here's what he says in the midst of this prophecy in verse 76. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare, everybody say prepare, to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation to His people by the remission of their sins. So we have, have the prophet Malachi, 
given his job description. We have his dad given his job description on the day he was born. And then he speaks in John in, in Luke chapter 3. Go ahead and start looking there. In Luke chapter 3, he is speaking of how the prophet Isaiah said that, that this is his job description. Verse 4 of Luke 3. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough ways smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Amen. John the Baptist says, I found my name in the book. (laughs) I found my job description in the book. I've been called by God even before I was birthed to go and prepare the people to prepare their hearts to meet the Lord. This this position uh, has been called herald, the one who goes before announcing. If you go down East Texas a little further east, you might come across a, a road that says Camino Real, meaning the way of the king. And so before Texas was a state, the king of Mexico would come up into East Texas, up Nacogdoches area along that way, Alto, you'll find the Camino Real. And he would have people go before preparing the way that the king is coming into there. This has been all throughout history. As long as there's been kings, there have been people preparing way for kings. And so John the Baptist recognizes that his role is one who prepares the way. But we know that he's not a road contractor. That he's not actually preparing the road, but he's preparing the path of God to people's hearts. So let's look at how he says that he is preparing. Look at verse 5. At verse 4. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Make his paths straight. Again, as we're not talking about a physical road, but a spiritual one. There are things that, that, that that's a, His Word comes up in the Scriptures a lot of times, and that is the word crooked. It is the word scolios. We know that word scoliosis from one whose spine is crooked, and this is the, the word that is, is used here as what people will do with truth, and they will twist it. They will make it crooked. And, 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 and John is coming along saying, make sure that you are in alignment. My mama used to tell me, straighten up. <laughs> and uh, I knew that if I didn't, something else was coming. But she said, straighten up! And that means make sure that you are aligned with truth. And so John would come along and say, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low. There are times in our lives in which, and I recognize that at Christmas time, more people are depressed at Christmas time than any other time of the year. Oftentimes it's through memories of those who have passed away or, or maybe you just uh, just kind of feeling kind of inward see what what happens when we turn inward soon we turn inward and then down and that's a dangerous thing let's turn our eyes upward and that will lift our spirit upward as well and he says fill every valley and so there are some times when we are downcast in spirit david struggled with this we have the psalm in which david says why so downcast oh my soul why, why, am I, why am I struggling with the blues? Why am I depressed? Why am I downtrodden? Why so downcast, oh my soul? And then he, I like David, he preached to himself. He, by the end of the psalm, he says, put your hope in God. Amen. Put your hope in God. If we put our hope in, in the world, we're going to be, we're gonna be uh, totally disappointed. 
We even can't even put our hope in ourselves. Uh, I just prayed with, with one whose, whose dad has received bad news of cancer and he said, I, I pray for, for uh, comfort. I said, okay, um, let's pray that he would have an understanding of hope. Pray that he would have an understanding of hope. Because see, I would use the word comfort when there's no other outcome available. If someone was going to pass, you'd just want them to be comfortable or comforted. But I'm going to tell you, with God, uh, the, the outcome is always good. And so I pray that he would have hope that he would recognize that we've got a God of miracles that can do anything and that when we put our hope in God, then it increases our faith. And faith, God always activates his work in our faith. He works through faith. So I, that's more of that to come. Let me get back to let me get back to the word. So every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill brought low. Sometimes in my life there are things of pride that rise up. I don't like it. I'd rather it didn't. I'm probably the only one in the room ever struggled with pride. <laughs> uh, maybe it's not pride. Maybe it'll be a rebelliousness. Something will raise its head up in my life. Something will, will rise up. And that God says, you need to bring that down. Those who exalt themselves, the Lord says He will bring down. But those who humble themselves, the Lord will lift up. And so He says, bring down everything that is raised up. And lift up those things that are brought low. And so Paul, I mean, Paul, I don't know where that came from. John is saying, we must make the path to Jesus truly accessible from His throne to our heart, we need to be preparing ourselves. The crooked places shall be made straight, the rough waves smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. I like that passage where it says, all flesh shall see. God will always respond to your faith. And faith is preparation and expectation. Amen? And God will respond to it. It may not be exactly as you wish, but He will respond to it. And the way He responds to it will always be the best. Amen. And so He, he says, He shall, and all flesh shall, not might, they will see the salvation of our God. Amen. Anyone who seeks the Lord will see the Lord. He says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. If you seek me with your whole heart, you will be allowed to find me. And so let me ask you this. Are you realizing the presence of God? Are you realizing the presence? Is it reality in your life? Do you, do you recognize the activity of God in your life? Are you realizing the power of God? And then the second question is, are you receiving the power of God? So are you realizing his presence? Are you receiving his power? Because John the Baptist would be one who said, I baptize with water, but one who's coming after me, baptized with the Holy Spirit with power, with fire. So are you receiving the power of God? And if you don't like your answer to either one of those questions, then let me ask you this third question. Then have you responded to the promises of God? Are you realizing His presence? Are you receiving His power? Is He answering your prayer? That's an easy way to ask it. Is He answering your prayer? If not, and you're not, you're not recognizing His presence, you're not realizing it, then then maybe you have not yet responded to His promises. 
Because responding to the promises of God is an act of faith. You're trusting and you're preparing for and expecting. 21 years ago today, Miss Christie and I went to the hospital to prepare for our firstborn child. 19 hours later, she finally had him. He brought her bag. He was prepared. I brought my bag. We were able to watch all the Lonesome Dove series through the, through the, the duration of her pregnancy. And uh, 19 hours later, Caleb was born. But we didn't just make preparation and packing the bags to go to the hospital. We had been preparing for months because during the time in which she was pregnant with Caleb, uh, we had to prepare a house, not just a room. We had moved a, a, a home from Brownsboro to where we are now in the Bethel area. And uh, that required a whole lot of preparation. And I worked for three months just trying to get the house ready. When the boy finally came, I was exhausted. He woke up in the middle of the night, she'd handle him, I'm sleeping. <laughs> but there was much preparation in the coming of a child. There was more preparation in our hearts than there was in our home. Because our lives completely changed from that time. John is trying to prepare the people. And he's using this word over and over and over again. Repent. It's the Greek word metanoia, which means change your mind. Absolutely alter the way that you're thinking. Because they were thinking one way, but God's coming. And he needs them now to think in a different way. And don't you know that your beliefs determine your behavior? And this is what he's telling those. And we know from a parallel passage that who he's speaking to in verse 7 are a bunch of religious people. But they weren't ready to receive from the Lord. Look in verse 7. Then he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, brood of vipers. This is encouraging. This is fun. He's, he's, this is not how you, uh, if you're wanting to be popular, you don't start your sermon with brood of vipers. And yet, Paul, uh, Paul, where, where Paul, John was tough and he is wanting them to recognize their spiritual condition. He is speaking to, uh, in this verse, we know this phrase that he is connecting to and it is the Pharisees who declared themselves pious and religious and yet the activities that was flowing out of their heart was wicked. So he, he, he says, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruit worthy of repentance. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. I looked up that word worthy and, and, and it, it messed with me a little bit because I'm a grace guy. I believe the Bible is all about grace. God's salvation is by grace we have been saved through faith. I don't earn it. I don't work for it. But John is not saying that we need to work in such a way as in order to be worthy of his salvation. But when I looked up that word worthy, it is the word congruous. I don't use that. I'm, I'm, I don't use congruous. <laughs> That's not my language. I need to find out what that means. Well, I knew what it means because I, I've heard this term used many times, incongruous values. That is when someone says they believe something, but their behavior is totally opposite. That is when someone says that they are a follower of Jesus Christ, but their lifestyle more looks like hell than anything like Jesus. 
That is an incongruous person. They're, they're not in agreement. You with me? They're not in alignment. And so he, John is saying, you're the fruit of your life declares that you are not right with God. And so he says, bear fruit worthy of repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, just because you're Jewish don't mean that you're right with God. For I say that, that, that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So he, he's saying judgment is close. I said, John, tough. He said, you could be breathing your last breath any minute and you'll be standing for God. And how is he going to judge you? The fruit of your life. The fruit of your life. Because our behavior is always beginning with our belief. We will live out what we know to be actually true. And so they were confessing one thing with their mouth, but their life was, was saying something altogether different. And, and, and John says, better get things straight because God has, has come. God has come. And, and now it is time that he is making all things right. Verse 10, so the people asked him saying, what shall we do? And he answered and said to them, He who has two tunics, this is robes, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. See, so the people are saying, what, what activity should we be about? And he said, you need to be sharing what you have. Kind of weird. I thought it'd be a whole lot more spiritual than that. But everything that he's giving us, that John the Baptist is saying it as works worthy of repentance, are, are activities of relationship. Because you need to be generous. And then the tax collector asked him, verse 12, and said, what, teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, collect no more than what is appointed for you. Be fair. Verse 14, likewise the soldiers say, asked him, saying, and what shall we do? So he said to them, do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. Now as the people were, I want you to catch verse 15, as the people were in expectation I said that faith is preparation and expectation if you're praying for rain bring an umbrella amen are you expecting God to do anything I knew that when we went to the hospital that day 21 years ago we was coming home different I knew that I knew that that everything in our life I didn't realize how different <laughs> I didn't realize that everything was going to change the way it did change, but I expected. I mean, I, I was already seeing the activity that, 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 I mean, a girl was swelling, you know what I mean? And, and so I knew things were going to be different. How much preparation and expectation did you have coming here today? Did you expect God to speak to you today? Did you expect to have an encounter with the Most High today? How much heart preparation have you done before you come? Every day we can have an encounter with God. I know that everybody's getting ready for Christmas. I know the gift shop and the house cleaning. and I know all of that is happening. And, and, and we prepare our hearts for that day. And our homes for that day. But every day, Christ is being birthed in the activities of our life. And people, uh, salvation is coming to your family and, and it's coming to our city and it's coming to our community through the fruit of the lives of His people. Amen? 
I mean, that just got really spiritually deep right there. Verse 15, now as the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out the threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. With many other exhortations he preached to the people. I need you to understand what chaff is. So the chaff is uh, the husk on the kernel of wheat. It, if, you, if you take wheat uh, just off the plant, you can roll it around in your hand and just blow, and there'll be a, this, this chaff comes off of it. It's that without substance. It's the external. Are you with me? It's the superficial. The external. And if your faith only consists of a weekly visit to a church, you don't have much substance. I, I, I want you to know that a, that a worship service, I, I hope that that wasn't your, start, your, your finish line. That, that that is your goal. That if I, if I just make it there, then you know, I'm good with God for a season. No, a worship service, this is why we have worship service on the first day of the week. No, it's not your finish line, it's your starting line. And it gets you stirred up and ready to, to give the God the first of everything. And we, we do it in the morning because He deserves the first and the best. And, and so we, we recognize that, that, that this life of faith is one in which we live it out before the Lord as, a, as a, an expectation of Him to actively work in our life. But the superficial, the surface only. How many times have I heard this phrase used in that hallway out front? You clean up pretty good for church. (laughs) hundred times. It don't matter how y'all come in this building, y'all know that. If you spend more time preparing your hair (laughs) than you spent preparing your heart, I can say that, Clang. If <laughs> you spend more time preparing the external to come here than you did preparing the internal, you missed it. You missed it. Let every heart prepare. Let's just keep, every time we hear joy to the world, let us remind ourselves let every heart prepare. Let every heart prepare. So here we see his winnowing fan is in his hand. He will thoroughly clean out the flesh threshing floor. And so John the Baptist is saying, it's coming close. That's the final phase of separation. First you have the the threshing. And then you have the throwing of the wheat into the air. And all of the the stems and the the grass comes off of that wheat. And so the the final phase is taking that and, and, and blowing that chaff away. It is getting down to finality. God is coming. That's what he's telling us. God is coming. God is coming. Be prepared. I pray that you are prepared. And even though that you may spend much hours in preparing your home, I pray that you would spend more hours preparing your heart. And not just for next Sunday. But for every day, I pray that we would start every day preparing our heart. Lord, are, are there things that have risen up in my life 
that I need to take down? See, here's the deal. Uh, God says that we are to humble ourselves. You with me? I would re- Sometimes I think, Lord, I would rather you do this. And he says, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't want me to do it. He said, you exalt yourself, I will humble you. He said, but humble yourself so I don't have to. Yes, Lord, let me handle it. Let me handle it. Let me handle it. So every day I may need to ask the Lord, Lord, is there anything risen up in my life that I need to bring it down? Any, any kind of pride or rebelliousness or what have I bowed up on you about? Because you just showed me that and I want to I bring that down. Or Lord, have I failed to see your activity in my life? Have I failed to see the goodness of God in my life and I've become downtrodden? I, I turn inward and then downward. Well, would you show me that and that you would restore my hope, restore my joy, let all valleys be filled. Let all the roads be made straight. Lord, have I twisted the truth? Have I listened to the lies of the perverter of truth and begin to, to, to allow society or the world or whatever to twist your truth? I want to come back in straight alignment with you. Or what area in my heart needs to be better prepared? Mary and Martha were two sisters that were friends of Jesus along with their brother Lazarus. Jesus came to their home in Bethany and, and you would have thought it was Christmas time. Martha was worried herself to death working on that house. She was preparing the house, preparing the food. And here comes Mary and she just come down and plop down. Little sister done plop down at Jesus' feet. I happen to believe it was little sister because I know how siblings work. And and Martha goes telling Jesus on her. I tell Jesus on people sometimes. Sometimes I pray for you. Sometimes I will pray about you. And you know, <laughs> Lord, Lord, they mistreating your little baby boy. <laughs> so, Martha went to telling Jesus on Mary. Lord, tell her to help me prepare. And Jesus said, no, Martha, Mary has chosen the better thing. She's got her heart in tune. She was sitting there ready to hear every word that Jesus spoke out of his mouth. Martha was busy preparing the home. Mary has prepared her heart and Jesus said she did the better thing. Amen. Let every heart prepare. I want God to to point out every area in my life that may be raised up or every area in which I've turned inward and downward that he needs to, to, to raise up or every obstruction that's in the pathway. I was like, don't quench the work of the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't limit His power, His working in your life. Any obstruction, any hard, stony places in my life, any hard areas of my heart, any offenses, are you with me? Will there be conflict leading up to your Christmas? Well, I pray that it won't come on your behalf because you have already surrendered the offensive unto the Lord. Any offenses, any, any way that I have offended a holy God, I need to get that, I need to repent. Or any way I have offended His children, I need to reconcile. Any stony areas that is hindering the activity of God of coming and going and working in my life, I need to remove those areas. I need to prepare the way for the Lord. Amen. We started off this Christmas, December, with the first 
sermon. We've been looking for you. Are you looking for the activity of the Lord in your life? If you're looking for Him, you will see His work every day of your life. With expectation. Eagerly awaiting. And, and then the second one was, we've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for I think I got them backwards. We've been waiting for you and we've been looking for you. And now I, I, I have to point out that God shows up in prepared places. And so we need to say, we've been preparing for you. We, we knew that you were coming. We knew that God, that you are wanting to actively be involved in my life and to be working not only in me, but through me. So we've been preparing ourselves so that you might work in and through us. We've been preparing for you. I pray that every one of us be prepared. That, that even, even right now, Lord, what is it that you're putting your finger on that, that needs to come out? That needs to be brought down. Oh, you don't believe yourself very, very, uh, you don't see how precious and loved child of God you are. You've been brought down low. That needs to come up. You recognize the grace of God. So let every heart prepare. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare. Father God, we thank you so much that you, Lord Jesus, have come. You, Father God, have demonstrated your love for us. Sending Jesus. Lord Jesus, you demonstrated your love for us by coming. And Lord, I pray that we will demonstrate our love for you by preparing hearts to receive. Receive. To receive from you. Lord, I pray that we would not only be preparing our hearts to receive, but also to pour out. That there would be easy traffic coming and going in our lives. The activity of God surrounding our lives. Lord, that we would bring, bring to you anything that might be constricting or, or, or hindering your work in our lives. Just as those who heard John preach said, what should we do? Lord, I pray that this morning you would just speak into our ear exactly what we should do. We'd be prepared. When you show up this afternoon in our life, and we weren't looking for it. I pray it would be an, an awakening to us that God is always at work around us. That He is wanting to work through us. He's wanting to work in us. Lord, I pray that we would have our hearts tuned to Yours in preparation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.